myself, Amanda Waz. I'm Patrick Rothfeld. Episode one of Keep It Moving with myself, Amanda Waz. I'm Patrick Rothfeld. So Patrick, you want to tell the listeners why we set this up? Yeah, we just um, we just like came together and thought, yeah, let's let's um some gems right talk some gems yeah I mean I think with what's happening right now we felt this was a great time to really have a conversation with with those individuals with those the youth that are in their bedrooms that inspire to get into the music business or inspired about having a um having a dream and not believing that it could be achievable because of the circumstances or disabilities or whatever the case be. But now we have this moment where our business, our core business, which is live base, is all on hold due to no touring and the boundaries and and the laws in play. We wanted to take the time, take the opportunity to really get into that. So myself, I'm here. Um, founder of Live Base, Patrick Outside is my business partner and co-founder. And we set up a business based from. I lived in. I grew up in Bedford, a small town outside of, like an hour, two-hour drive from London. Um, where where I was raised, there wasn't any musical institution. There wasn't anything. There wasn't any place to go if you were looking to like figure out what the music business was was all about because you everything in music in terms of record labels institutions management whatever was all based in london so we'll get into it a bit later but mm. hitchin is where you're from and yeah that's um that's my neck of the woods um hitchin town small um would i don't know is it, is it a village it's it's a little town. Stroke. Uh, little, it's got village town. vibe. Yeah, yeah, nice little village vibe. Yeah. Nice uh, restaurants. Yeah, it's, it's a good place. Some, uh, yeah. Actually, I'm not sure about the restaurants. Few, few nice coffee shops. Nah, it's got some good restaurants. Good, good Mexican restaurant. Oh yeah, yeah, good, 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 good Mexican. Yeah, now nah, it's got really good independent businesses. Yeah, um, yeah. No, nah, I was. Um, you, you grew up. You grew up here. I right? actually grew up. Yeah, um, I think I moved to Hitchin when I was. Probably six or seven years old. Okay. Um, originally from Letra, um, born in Stevenage, so quite close to each other. Um, yeah, I mean, it all, to me, it all started from events. No, but prior prior to the to the events, yeah, you grew up in Hitchin, yeah. uh, Hitchin from six, yeah, yeah. So you went, you you went through the schools, colleges. What made you feel like a you could do? A, what made you feel like you can be a independent kind of like dream chaser, like you yeah. didn't rely on anything, you just went and figured it out? And two, where did you get your source of like knowledge from, from the music business, knowing that you grew up in a small town mm. and you had no network and connection with music? Yeah, um, good, good question. Um, I think for me as a kind of young guy growing up, um, I really found it hard to for someone to tell me what to do. 
okay. especially when I was at school. Yeah. So like, um, when I guess I weren't uh, the best of, of, of people like behaving, they would always try and tell me, tell me off. Were you a troublemaker? Not really a troublemaker. I just didn't really listen because I think some sometimes they would talk and I wouldn't actually understand. Not not understand them. Maybe how would I put it? Um, I wouldn't believe what they're saying. Okay. Because I was very. I always used to look into things by myself and right. try to find the answer. How old How old were you when you were thinking like that? Thirteen, probably. Yeah. So. So I, yeah. I started off quite quite young in in thinking, oh no, it, there's must be a, another way of, of maybe doing things, yeah. or like like say like when we used to um, in history, and they were teaching certain things, and then I'm always always asking the teacher different questions, and yeah. she always tried to shut Question. me up. I'm always saying no, like. Is this this is you only yeah. it from one perspective? Yeah, give me that. Um, so yeah, from from that, I just found it super hard. Um, I lost my uh, figures. No, but like going back to what you, to something you said there. You said when you were thirteen, yeah. around that age, mm. you start questioning things and start thinking outside of the box. Yeah. So that kind of leads into the the follow up. How did you get into music? What you said events. Yeah, I mean, I mean, how I got into music, I actually started to to DJ um, before that. I mean, a reason why I got into DJ, my my dad um, and his friends, they used to have a sound system. Yeah. So they would like um, on the weekends, they would be in the garage and they were like playing with their speakers and and like making not making songs, but just like putting like a little short vinyl just on, session just having a little yeah, yeah. jam session. Um, and I was always there, like just listening and and like learning things. Um, so I guess when it come to the to the age, maybe where it was like garage was going on. What year was that? Probably when I was fifteen, fourteen. No, so, yeah, fourteen. So what year was that? Late, early two thousand. Early two, yeah, early two thousand. I don't hear any more music in my yeah, it's headphones. Gone. It's gone. Um, I'm gonna have to. We just want to have some music in the background playing in our yeah. headphones. I'm gonna so have I'll to just ask Patrick I'm to uh, stop it. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, sorry, where, where was we? Was, was... Um, so you listened to your, your dad yeah. in early. Garage? No, you were talking about Garage. Yeah. Garage music was coming up yeah. well, so late 1999, early 2000. Probably going into yeah early two thousand yeah yeah you're right um, but actually is is actually really funny because I was obviously brought up on reggae music yeah and that's always been my thing from then and from from your dad from, from your dad's dad side. correct yeah. yeah and I guess even now I'm, I still listen to, listen to a lot of reggae um, but yeah just going back to what we're talking about is yeah like I started listening to a lot of different DJs especially like DJ EZ um, on like radio stations pirate radio stations. And like local, DJ. local radio stations Sick. as well, um, and I always thought like, oh, that sounds like I wanted the thing I want to get into. Right. So what? Well, get into DJing or get into yeah DJing. Well, okay. Yeah. So I, I kind of got myself uh, not I not didn't get myself. Um, I got brought my uh, some decks because yeah. I kept bugging my fam, my mum and dad, so saying, decks. "Yo, I really wanted some decks." My dad, my dad actually had a pair of decks. Try to, try to get me to use them, but they were like super old ones, and I'm like, nah, that you can't run for what I want to do. I wanted some new, you know, yeah. to run it properly. Um, so yeah, I got I got kind of going in that, um, 
And then I actually thought I need to elevate. I need to be good at this. Good at DJ. DJ. Right. Go go closer to the mic. Ah, yeah. good at DJ. Yeah, correct. Um, so we had a local youth club, um, in Hitchin, and they had a a lady called Lady T. I still remember her now, and she used to do DJ workshops. Shout out to Lady T, huh? Lady T, yeah, yeah, Lady T. Lady T. Um, so I I kind of probably was the only person that was interested in DJing because everyone was like shy. And I'm like, nah, I need to, to try this because yeah. I've always wanted to do this. Um, so yeah, she got me going, like learning and, and whatnot and like started to beat match and whatnot. So I got into it super quickly. And then it just, from there, it just spiraled, spiraled, spiraled. And I started a crew. We had a couple of MCs called Des- Destiny Crew. Destiny Crew. Yeah. Um, so... What year was that? Two, still 2000, yeah. 2001? Yeah. yeah. I think it's good to give a timeline. Okay. So we can get, so we get to the present. Yeah, present. we can still yeah, go yeah. on. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so you, you had a crew now, right? Yeah. How many, how many were there? There was three of us. Actually, no, it started off as one, no, two, two of us. So you, you were under what, DJ? My DJ name was Clench. Clench. <laughs> one time. Pause. <laughs> Hard pause. All right, cool. And then the other members? Uh, there was another guy called Champion um, and another guy called Riddler. They were like MCs. Champion and Riddler. Yeah. From, and they're all from Hitchin. From Letchworth. Letchworth, all right. Yeah. So now you guys got a crew. Yeah. So what happens after that? You guys go on some battles or? Nah, so we just started practicing at the, the local youth club. So we used there like every day, like just practicing, practicing, practicing. Um, and like I was always super nervous. I don't, I don't know why I was just because I, I always try to again I, I was maybe overthinking because like people were watching me and I was thinking are oh, they like they must be saying I'm, I'm, I'm I think whack. every performer has that yeah, yeah, yeah there's some level of anxiety yeah. all every performer are just some some deal with it better than others mm. but bearing in mind at this time I was only still 14 years old yeah and I was actually I was like, I was holding it down like. I was actually yeah people like saying yo you super when dope you see, we need to know you were holding it down though might <laughs> <laughs> be fake news alright cool so um, alright you're 14 yeah you, you're practicing every day yeah with your crew champion and uh, Riddler Riddler yeah then what's the so, so now in your mind what are you thinking like yo we're gonna just go out and DJ at clubs what what was the thought process so the next thing was like obviously like I said the, the radio station so we had a, a local radio station um, and I really wanted to get on there so I sent them a tape uh, like a mixtape of what we done recorded yeah, what was um, the name what's the name of this radio station um, I think it was Prestige FM Press Prestige Prestige do you remember like Wizard MC Wizard I think so and Lewis R their station so what was it like a like Re- internet uh, pirate radio station pirate, on yeah. FM that was the thing back, uh, back in the pirate, day like pirate, pirate, pirate loads of them, yeah. yeah yeah so I sent in like two or three tapes didn't get no answer no answer um, so I thought, where were that, was that station based Letcher as well yeah yeah. So, cool. so they never got back to me so I was like you know what alright cool I keep interrupting him only because I want to understand the story because it's the first time I'm hearing it oh, as okay. well okay. that's why so go okay um, so yeah didn't, didn't hear nothing back so we just went back to the youth club um, and then we just started like a just a vibe so we started people just started to come and listen to us and then from there we started to get a little following when I say little following I'm saying probably 10 yeah. 20 people but um so I'm thinking now, what what else do I need to do? So then 
the next stage, so that was um, Tracks Nightclub in Hitchin. Do you, do you remember that? No, Tracks. Tracks Nightclub. No, I don't remember that. Okay. Where was it? Um, near the Hitchin train station. Okay. Um, so basically, they had a, a garage event like every week, and then a crew called Rago Crew used to I play there all the time. Yeah, like yeah. MC Boss. At the time, I didn't actually know he was my cousin. Um, oh, yeah. And I, everyone was like, loved, loved these these guys, Rago Crew guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so in order for me to get in there, like I was wondering, shit, how do I get in there? So I, um, I went there one time. I spoke, tried to speak to the owner, Will. Shout out, Will. Will. Um, and I kept bugging him and and to give you a set. Yeah, I just wanted to play like 15 minutes and I was like yo like, I'm this DJ he's like you're too young you're too young this and I'm like nah just give me a, give me a chance yeah. and he's like you know what um, there's some flyers go flyer the cars so uh, alright I was like alright cool let me let me do that so I've, I've done some cars like um, put flyers on the cars come back um, he's like yo can you do some more flyering flyering so you became the fly boy. So I was a fly boy, yeah. Right. So I was like, damn. But you know what? Like I was like, but were you just flying based on, you know, gets me in for the door, yeah, gets me my, a set, my foot in the door. Yeah, so yeah. I'm thinking like, if I do this, maybe there's cool. like. That's get, a very important thing there because now the generation think different. Mm. They think it should be given to them. That's right. So this is very interesting you to talk about that. Yeah. But yeah, cool. So, so yeah, now so you're flying. So now I'm flying. I come back, and so every time I come back, you give me more flyers. So now I'm thinking. Is he taking a piss? Yeah. Because I'm young yeah, and he's, yeah, he probably he, ain't got no one to do these flyers. Taking so advantage. I, yeah, so I, I kind of... Did you clinch? Let that foot... <laughs> <laughs> I let that foot go. So I came back one time um, and I asked him again, I was like, look, can I just get like a quick warm-up set? So he's like, oh, you know what, actually, um, come on Saturday, um, you'll be first person on. I was like, yes, that's my chance. Graveyard shift. So yeah, quickly. Like, so I've done, done this set now and then um, there must have been about 10 people there so I'm thinking, damn, there's no one here, but mm-hmm. that wasn't the point. I think what I was, what I was trying to, like, I, I challenged myself to get there. I got there. Now I, I need to kind of start elevating the stages. So I started playing that, that little early set. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, I started carrying on doing the flyer for him. And then he started to give me some money. So that That's money, so then that money I had, I started to buy records. And obviously, he got my record collection up. collection up, yeah. Vinyls oh, at vinyls, this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so then when that Some happened Some people are probably like Yo vinyls yeah, Some what the kids are like that? What the fuck yeah, yeah So when that happened um, I started bringing the, my, the MCs onto my set The, the Riddler and um, Champion, Champion. Yeah, yeah And um, So we then What happened was Is then we started to Our name Destiny Crew Was started to be put on the flyers Yeah yeah And then one time Brandon Brandon Exactly Major key <laughs> And then, damn, this, this feels like a super long story. No. So cool. You got um, your branding on yeah, and that got you guys gigs. Yeah. So like our name started to go on, on these flyers and um, like Garage Nation used to do gigs at, at um, tracks. Mm. So you, you go on to so that. So we, we felt good because like our name was on like Garage Nation. Yeah. Obviously Garage Nation was popping promote back in the day. Seemed like progression. Yeah. So it was like progression. Um, <clears throat> and then I guess from from there... We started to get paid, and then it was like hundred pound. But then it was like three of us, so we had to split, split that. Yeah. So then, obviously, as we the got money, better, the money always gets in the way. As we got better, yeah, we the money never got better. Right. So I used to just obviously do the 
the hours set or whatnot and get paid and, and keep doing that. But then I'm scratching my head thinking, wait there, there's like probably a thousand people that turned up this night. Everyone's paying £10. That's 10 Gs, man. And you're getting, you're getting the... And I'm getting £100 from the 10 Gs. Yeah. So then that's when I had to think, you know what? Do you feel like you're getting taken advantage of or do you think you were, because you were on the come up, this is what you have to do? Yeah, I just, yeah. It's, it's definitely a come up thing. Like, and I, I think I understood that. But then I'm like, uh, how do I make money from this? So that's when... Um, from DJing? From DJing. Right, yeah. So then, I mean, I didn't stop DJing, but then I kind of started to put on my own events. So you do, um, the word here is you def, you took another direction on business. Yeah. You wanted to be in the music business. Correct. Correct. You, you diverted yeah, from diverted. DJ. Obviously, I was still a DJ. That was a word. Diversion. I was still a DJ, but I, I went right and then became a promoter. So at this point, how old are you now? Uh, I would have been 15. So, f- so I was still young. I, was, I wasn't even young. I wasn't even meant yeah. to be in the club DJ. Yeah, yeah, super young. It's like 18, but I was like 15 still. So yeah, super, super young. Super young. Right, cool. So DJ Clinch now turns into promoter. promoter. What was the promoter name? Promoter was called Lush. Oh yes, Lush. Yeah. I love that Lush. Yeah, Lush was making some peace. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you do you, you do your first event. Where yeah. is it, and what, what what's the outcome? Um, first event was at Penthouse in Hitchin. Uh, was it Penthouse? Yeah, Hitchin. Yeah, I heard about that club. Super successful. First, first, like first night sold out. Sold out, rammed. Like how much money did you take? We must have made about three thousand pound. Which was probably the most you've ever seen. Pretty much, I was pretty 16 years old, 17, yeah, so 16 years old. Picture this, 16-year-old yeah. makes £3,000 in cash. And I, was, and I was still at school as well. Okay, so now now what, what, where does that take you? Now you make some money. So then I guess um, we, I had a partner called Anthony. Um, and then, Shout out, Anthony. Yep, and then we kind of... We worked together from there. We actually, from doing the events... So you partnered up with someone? Partnered up with you, him yeah. to, to help me to expand. So instead of doing one event, we tried to go to another seat, not, not seat, another town, to do another event, like in one night. So, so you just copy-paste the business yeah, model exactly. and do a bunch so of... Okay. double up and whatnot. And is it, is it successful? Yeah. We okay, go to another cool. another town, successful. Then we go to another town, successful. So you're, you're pretty much selling out these parties, yeah. making some making cash, money. making good money. Yeah. And then you decide to do what with the money you were making? What were you doing with the money you were making? Um, were you buying cars? You were, actually, you were too young. <laughs> but you brought, I remember, yo, so I remember seeing this guy for the first time ever <laughs> with a drop top A4 Audi. It was like a blue color. Was it A4? I want to say blue. Yeah, it was like baby blue. Baby blue, cream interior. Am uh, I right? Was it cream? Yeah, I think it was. Cream yeah. or white? Yeah. And I was like, yo, what the fuck does this guy do? <laughs> He's handing out flags, but driving a, 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 a drop top. It was, it was, beautiful. It was a beautiful yeah, car. Yeah, it was a nice though. car, yeah. So how do you get to that point where you start, you start making money and then what do you do with the money? Um, so, yeah, obviously I, I bought a car. Um, so you turn 16, you, you pass your driving license and go and buy an Audi, Audi A4? Nah, not that. It is because you, you need your license. I think the lap, I got my license and I was... 17 so we'd probably moved 
move past that. Um, I'm just trying to think. All right, so let's let's get to the point where you're, you're doing these events. Mm. You're you set up, you set up another business, didn't you? Yeah. Which was so uh, I had a um, a barber shop, but obviously I, I bought this car, um, and then I'm thinking it doesn't doesn't really, it's not really doing nothing for me. So I thought you know I need to do something else. So I sold the car to put into this barber shop called Fresh Dreams in 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 Hitchin. Um, Fresh trims, yeah, with a Z, with a Z, yeah, classic, yeah, actually really, really dope. Actually, like I painted it to, like with with um, one of my friends. Um, everything we just done from scratch. Okay, you super, super proud cool. of that. Yeah. But you're still doing, you're still doing the events. Yeah, still doing the events. Are you DJing still? Um, yeah, I'm DJing. Yeah, and I'm also um, working at a place called Soundbase. Ah, uh, slow down in it. So <laughs> you, you you set up a barber shop. Yeah. And the business is taking care of itself. Yeah. So you you and a, and somebody else partnered up. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that started working. You're still doing your events, and now you get you get a job. Yeah. You start working for who? Soundbase. What's Soundbase? Soundbase was a um, music education, um, and they done courses for um, children with like not bad behavior. So then they got chucked out of school. Um, yeah, probably so didn't could go you, to school. Could you relate to them? Not because bad behaviors, because yeah, because then it just goes yeah. back about not listening. Like yeah. you don't, you don't want to listen yeah, to yeah. people. So I kind of understood them. Um, so yes, yeah, so I was obviously doing that for probably two years. So then I would probably be around nineteen. Nineteen, yeah, about nineteen. So there's a lot going on. Yeah, a lot, a lot's going on. I've really so missed a few things as well. Your business is booming. Mm. You had a drive. Mm. To do these things, yeah. DJ promotion, yeah. promoter. Sorry, yeah. uh, then you became then you own a business, another business barbershop, yeah. and you were teaching. How were you getting the time to do all these things? And what kept you going? Like, yo, I want to keep doing it, all of these things. Um, what was the drive? I'm, I'm say money, but I just, I just, it, I was passionate. So like, I woke up and I thought, okay, cool. Like, what's next? What's next? What's next? And that's all I thought about. Um, so I guess you know, like when you're doing two, three, four things at once, like you just do them because you know you have to. So I think, yeah, the, the drive and the hunger of, and the determination was was there every day. And you think you just it was installed in you as growing up, or it came from something from a harsh reality, or something um, inspire you? I think my mum inspired me. Okay. She like um, proper held it down when I was obviously younger. I, actually, I even forgot about football, but let's not go yeah, back into that. But yeah. now nah, she was always there, and she always encouraged me to um, to do better. So I think that just stuck in me from from day one. So just good parenting, yeah, good upbringing, hundred percent. No, it's amazing. So this sounds like an interview is only because I don't know a lot of the things yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's talking actually, about yeah, so it's yeah. kind of interesting to put the timeline together so now you're 19 mm. this business is, is these businesses all mm. of them plus teaching yep. teaching yep. you're doing all this great stuff and getting all this success from it Where, what happens after that just give us like a, a quick breakdown so 19 yep. when did I meet you what year what age were you probably when I was 20 so from 20, 20, so 20, from 20. nineteen to twenty, okay. So I could probably go back into how I met you. Sure. 
and then you could tell how the yeah. how thing ended. Yeah. So when Patrick was promoting his lush events, I was also a promoter. But we'll get to that story some other time. <laughs> but when I was promoting, I keep I kept seeing him handing out flyers. But this guy looked too rich to hand out flyers. Like he had the car, he used to be fresh clothes, he used to have his both his ears pierced with real diamonds. No, they weren't. Okay, little like real diamonds. He had like afro. <laughs> Hard to believe, but he had an afro. Afro. He looked he looked like wealthy, but he also looked like he had his business mind going. Like every time I met him, he was like super respectful, but he was super like hungry. Um and I think what kind of caught my attention was your consistency. Mm. Everywhere I went, he was there. So if we went, so flyering basically meant every night when there was parties going on Friday, Saturday, Thursday, wherever they were, we're standing outside the clubs and we were those annoying guys giving you flies. Mm, and yeah. Yo, come to this, come to this, come yeah, to this. Then we'll go and do flies at cars and car parks and and stores and all of that take them so, remember them boards that we just like yeah yeah billboards yeah, around yeah. the bars and just put them up and then the police still shut that <laughs> shit down too but now so that's where I met Patrick and that's where I guess we kind of connected and we actually did an event together as well didn't we yeah what was called Messy was it Messy Messy Saturdays, Saturdays or, something. or something yeah yeah, yeah. and it wasn't successful no it kind of it kind of failed yeah um, but we, I think we were still on good terms. Yeah. And then fast forward. So now I meet, I met you 20. We did, we didn't have a couple of events or a event. Yeah. And then what happened? What happens after that? What happens with your business? The barbershop? So I think I did, I did an event one time. Um, I think it was Flowrider. Um, yeah. In Stevenage. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so I put that event on and obviously it was the, the talk of the town because they've never had like an American act there. Yeah, everybody was talking about it from as pretty far as you can imagine um, but I think on also the same night they had Calvin Harris well, at that time wasn't as big as he is now but still yeah, yeah. they tried to come up they, the, the other venue tried to lowball us by the, the, the tickets was like lower oh. um, but it was still super successful so um, it was Lush Presents Flowrider Flowrider yeah okay but it was, yeah, again, it was like super successful. So again, after that, obviously we had a, that that name and then was doing all the events and they just grew and grew and grew. Um, then that takes us back to the the barbershop. Um, so that took a little hit. Um, someone got stabbed. Um, in yeah, the barbershop. In the barbershop. Yeah. Um, but they survived, so it was it was all good. But yeah. it just put a a bad stigma on on things there. So I had to to close that close that down how did that feel knowing that you, you want a, a successful business that you were proud of that you mentioned you now had to be shut down because of something that was beyond your control yeah like it, it took a while actually because um like you say you put a lot of energy into something and then to see it just to to kind of go down the drain you're thinking like damn that's like that's bad man it's like so do you feel disheartened do yeah you for sure like probably a a month I was like thinking about it because I had like so much plans for it as yeah, well yeah. to kind of develop it and go into other avenues see like when something successful fails it hurts even more 100% because you were winning yeah exactly and when it fails when it gets when a situation like that happens where somebody an incident took place that wiped out your income 
And if that was the, your only source of income, that will put you in a position of... Uh, it put you in a very bad position. Yeah. So, cool, you get disheartened, that business goes away. Yeah. Now you're still doing the, the events. Yeah. And I think, like, after, after that, I think that's when... Um, I, start, I think I hit you up on Facebook, wasn't it? No, but I think you stopped doing events when we spoke on Facebook. Was I not doing... I feel like you ended your partnership in events. Something happened. Mm-hmm. You stopped doing events or you stopped... You weren't as many as you were Yeah, doing. maybe like it was like I think few. Andy left on holiday. Yeah, your he, business was on, partner, he was travelling, yeah, yeah. And then your other business yeah, partner right. decided yeah. to do something else. I don't know. Yeah, yeah you're, you're right, yeah. So maybe, yeah, so maybe so the, the two, whole events So that's two businesses. Yeah, didn't... Damn, went, taking two went south. <laughs> okay. Um, what about DJing? Are you still DJing? Nah, I stopped DJing as well. So that stopped as well? Yeah. So now you're just teaching? So I was just teaching, yeah. So I had like one one income. So you can imagine like going from cash that you, you four, had, four in, buying four income what you want, one. then to go to just like one income. Um, yeah, took a little hit. So like, what's really interesting there is you had success very quick. Mm. And as a 16-year-old, you were winning. Mm-hmm. And within four years, because you were talking about 20, right? Yeah. That all went away. And then you had this job as teaching and that was giving you... Was that giving you satisfaction? Were you happy being there? I was... I think I was just... Was um, it rewarding? It was, it was in, a, in a way. Like, I think some of the kids that were there, um, they really respected me. So... Um, yeah, I just thought like your your, your time being spent there is it, it's valuable. Rewarded. Yeah, like yeah. the money wasn't great, but again, it's it's a lesson. Cool. So there's you know you went to detail and there's a lot a lot there to yeah. think about, yeah. but that's just crazy. Um, so a bit about me. I'll kind of like skip it. I'll just do, talk about the highlights. <laughs> um, I was at university, 18 years old, 19. Um, I didn't want to be there. I knew it wasn't for me. Maybe going back to what you said, yeah. you felt like there's no reason to listen to yeah. this or this didn't have any impact. Did you ever feel like you were wasting time? Yeah. Mm. I've, I've, I felt like I shouldn't be here. Mm. But I also didn't know where I wanted to be. Okay. So I would take this train journey. I would commute to university, which was a ball ache because it was like a two-hour train. Yeah. I'd take two or three trains to get back home. And on the train journey, I would listen to Jay-Z, Biggie, Tupac. That's all I listened to mm. pretty much in those days. And this is what, 2000? Yeah. Yeah, this year, 2000. Okay. I was listening to those guys. And basically what inspired the thought of me going into the music business or into any business which is not your traditional business yeah. was like what Jay-Z was talking about, what Tupac was talking about. And it was it just made me realise that they were talking about, yo, we struggled, we, we were drug dealers and we became mm. multi-million dollar businesses. And I'm like, yo, we don't have that struggle. We don't li- live in like on, like in tough neighbourhoods. Yeah trying to get by we're not gangsters we're not part of that life but what I did realise is that if they can do it in those harsh circumstances and they lacked they were like going through some tough times why can't we do something Mm -hmm. 
we we're kind of privileged, even though we we both grew up in a, a middle class working family, right? Yeah. Like my mom didn't want what my dad did. Um, so I was like, yo, that's it. I'm gonna go into the music business. I'm gonna set up a record label. I'm gonna sign artists, and then I'm gonna be the biggest producer, stroke, record label exec, yeah. and I'm gonna be a multimillionaire. So, so that was your vision, right? That was what I was dreaming. That yeah. was a kind of like I was thinking about. Yeah. But I was like, yo, to get a record label, you need to make, you need money. Sure. So I kind of used my student loan money, which I don't advise people to do, <laughs> but I did that. I also worked at McDonald's when I was 16 to like 18. Yeah. And I kind of used that stash too. And I basically was like, yo, I'm going to put, put on an event similar to you. Like yeah, I'm going to yeah. do, I'm going to do parties. I wasn't trying to be a, a DJ or, or anything. I wasn't trying to be a performer of some sure. kind. Sure. Even like doing this podcast is like, kind of weird to me because yeah. I've always trying to be in the, the background not the forefront can, can I just stop you there quickly um, sure just a quick question so how did it make you feel like knowing obviously you you, you had a vision but you had to go to McDonald's to work I'm not saying McDonald's is uh, as a bad thing but yeah yeah. Do you know, yeah yeah I mean when I was that age I wasn't thinking about the music business okay. I was just a means to an end like okay summer holidays let me get some money sure but I also Here's an important lesson that I learned, mm. and I, I recommend this. You have to work somewhere when you're young to see the harsh reality. Like, you could be this person for the rest of your life if you don't make choices. Facts. Yeah, so yeah. do I want to be stuck here mopping floors and cooking cheeseburgers for the rest of my life? Mm. No, was the answer. In my mind, I was like, okay, this gives me more of an incentive to think outside of the box. And there were people that, that are still there. If I go back now to that same McDonald's, shout out to all those hardworking people, of course, but they're still there. Yeah. Manage, and that kind of... Manage, managers. Yeah. And yeah. that kind of like... Um, makes me kind of feel sad, but at the same time, makes me realise that I knew this... That I didn't want... I didn't belong here. Yeah. And you found a way to, to, to kind of get yeah, out of Yeah, it took some time. And yeah. then... So when I did the first event, it was very successful... Um, not, nothing to do with my skill I don't think I had a skill involved to do it yeah. it was very lucky it was timing was perfect the universe stars were aligned and I made 10,000 pounds damn now the reason I say 10,000 pounds because to me that was a lot of money that is a lot of money it's a lot of money today, anyway today, now today, even today today, today yeah, yeah. yeah. In this, I think in this corona, corona situation corona situation a, <laughs> a pound a lot we'll take anything but um yeah, so when I saw that money, it didn't it didn't give me a feeling of greed. It gave me a feeling like, yo, I actually did mm. whatever was in my head, which I keep listening to rap music, which kind of like, you know, you could take... Here's the thing. You can take what you want from things. It's how you see the world. Mm. I always... When I listen to lyrics of, of rappers, yeah, they talk about crazy things. They were giving you the game. Knowledge. Yeah. Knowledge. Mm. They were giving you information. You just have to really dissect it and yeah. understand it. Yeah. And Jay-Z is the best at it. One of the best. So for me, it was kind of like, okay, cool. This thing's manifesting. This thing actually works. This b Having an idea, going after it, and learning. So I'm going to skip it a bit. So that's 2002, that first event. Yeah. So 2004... I got very lucky and I've told this story a million times but 
just for the record, I'll tell yeah, you yeah. I ended up doing an event uh, with Kanye West, but I brought him to my hometown, Bedford, which no one believed that he was coming. Yeah. At that time, this was 2004, he just dropped the album, was it uh, Graduation? Mm. College Dropout, College Dropout. Yeah, yeah. So that was like a huge record. He was like the superstar. And he came to London in December, or November, not November. And I connect. I got somehow connected to him for a producer that I was working with. And I did this deal. I gave, I had every money I had, I yeah. kind of put it up. Well, quick, quick one. Um, what made you feel like he wasn't out of reach? Because obviously Kanye West, huge name even back then. But like, what made you feel like, yo, that's not still not too big for me to, to get hold of? I think this is something that's probably embedded in me and mm. just the way I think. I don't think no one's better than anyone. Yeah. I think we're all the same. Some might have an ability to do something better than you, but it doesn't mean they're better than you. So I was never intimidated by ideas or people. I was, I was always open to have a conversation with anyone. Mm. I don't know where that confidence comes from or where that thoughts come from. That's how I've always been, as you, as you know I am. So when I was in that situation, I was like, yo, now is the time to make this happen. When I put the flyer out and when I promote the event, no one believed me that he was coming. And then when eventually it all played out and he, he, he came, he performed, I saw everyone's reaction. I saw people from that I grew up with to people that I know about. They were all at this event. It was 2,000 people. Mm. Kanye West performed Jesus Walks, Through the Wire, yeah. five, six songs, and people were losing their shit. Inside, I was losing my shit. Outside, I was just like, okay, this is a moment yeah. that's triggering these, like, I'm going to just be calm and cool about it. So what ends up happening is after that night, I realized or the feeling I got was that hip-hop wasn't just music. Mm. It was more than that. It was like, it was almost like it was going to be part of our lives in a sure. big way. Because if, if a rapper from Brooklyn or a rapper from Chicago can come to a small town in, in the UK called Bedford and create so much energy in the town... You know, even with Floor Rider, like, yeah, yeah. create so much energy and create so much momentum that everybody wants to be in that building. There's more, it's got to be more than just music. And that was when my brain started clicking. I was like, okay, I've got to figure out what's happening in the US. Mind you, this is MySpace days. This is not Instagram. There was no Twitter. There yeah. wasn't no YouTube. Yeah. I don't think, was there Google? There wasn't even Google, I think. Mm. Nah, probably I don't This is 2004 like, mm. You can correct us But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure there wasn't So The only way you can find out About New music And new eyes Through mixtapes mm. So we had pri Pirate radio station Yeah that's right They had mixtapes So I was like Yo I need to Figure out How to bring those DJs Or a DJ From that world Who does mixtapes With rappers mm. To the UK Yeah to figure out what was happening in, in, in the West and the East Coast. Yeah. So I was on that journey of bringing DJs from New York. So so New York, I brought DJ Who Kid, Green Lantern. Shout out to DJ Who Kid. Who Kid, <laughs> shout out to Who Kid. Really good dude, crazy dude. Yeah. Um, he, um, 
So who kid was like at that time? G unit was the hottest thing. Yeah. Paddock had a G unit <laughs> vest. I tell you guys, Paddock used to go to the gym with it. So G unit Fifty Cent was the hottest thing, and I was like, "Yo, let's start with here. Let's start here mm. because every rapper was probably giving the mixtape to who kid." Yeah. Who kid when he came over the first time, he was playing all these records that I never heard. So I keep pestering him, "Yo, who's this? Who's that? Who's that?" And he was just like, "Yo, get the fuck away from me!" Like. <laughs> I want to meet girls. I want to. <laughs> I want to DJ. Like, and I was like, nah. Like, I want to study. I want to yeah. know what's going on. Yeah. So what I realized that not everybody's gonna appreciate me asking questions. Mm. So what I started doing was I just started listening okay. and and start adapting to what was going on. So after who cared? There was another DJ, another, and then Clinton Sparks from Boston, who I think moved to. Now he's based in Boston. Him and his manager at that time, Dowda Lennon, shout out to Dowda, yep. was still a very good friend, a brother of mine, and, and a very important key figure to his whole story. But anyway, so Clayton came, and Clayton was definitely open to conversations. He was like talking to me, yo, yo, there's this rapper, his name's Jada Kiss, and he's doing this, or there's a new rapper coming up. Well, and Fabulous at that time was popping. All these guys were yeah, popping. yeah. I shouldn't call Jada Kiss a new rapper. I'm just saying at that time, it felt like I was being put onto so much new music and he had freestyles and, um, that he would play. And I was like, oh shit, who's that, who's that? But then I would start setting up their radio interviews. So I would contact BBC Radio and book an interview with Tim Westwood. So I book, put on a show, I booked them for a DJ event, could be in London, Scotland, wherever. And then I'll go to BBC and go, yo, do you guys want... Clint Sparks on your show and yeah. they'd be like yeah sure so, so, so you had different hats that you had to play different roles yeah, you had to play yeah I was just like yo by any means necessary yeah. I need you to understand you had to get it done and yeah. Whatnot, yeah I had to learn the yeah. business learning the business is the only way you're going to do it is by not putting yourself in a box mm-hmm. not thinking I'm only this and this yeah. is the way I'm going to operate yeah. and this is what kind of like fucks me off about people yeah. when they get to their like high horse and think this is who they are and this is how they're going to operate 100%. so I was like yo fuck this let me figure out all I'll be a tour manager I'll be a booking agent I'll be an assistant I'll be a publicist I'll be the driver I'll be the driver <laughs> I carry the I carry the vinyls which were heavy as fuck back then I'll book their flights whatever I'll be their assistant yeah. whatever it took basically that's what I was doing yeah. so while I was doing that I started getting the knowledge mm. and the information. And then I ended up connecting with Lloyd, the R&B singer uh, from Atlanta, yeah. who was like, who had a massive record, um, you and all this stuff. And he's mm. a great artist and a great, great guy and the whole team. Shout out to Nooney and Donald, great people. Um, that kind of learned, I learned the business from a bit from them, those okay. guys, from Dowda and from those guys. Not, they were, telling me something directly it's just the way they were going about the business and they're learning their different kind of like code of conduct Do, you know like when you're when you're doing this and um you're running around or whatnot and how how do you think the like like the noonies and and the donalds and the, the doubters how do you think they saw you i think they saw me as an asset mm. I feel like if somebody's willing to go above and beyond mm. and even if shit doesn't work out, you're going to value that person. Yeah. And my whole thing was, I want to create value with everybody I can. Not on some fake shit, on yeah, some yeah, real shit. Like, real. I'm going to work hard yeah. to show you I can serve a purpose for your business. Yeah. In return, 
hopefully you're going to give me the, the same love back eventually. Yeah. A matter of fact, you working with me was that feeling I had. Yeah. I was like, yo, we're working together yeah. on this. Yeah. So I think around about that time, you reached out to me mm-hmm. around Laura time. I didn't knew you at that time as well. And then I start kind of like slowly starting doing American acts, but I was doing them in different towns. Yeah. So when you reached out to me, which was year 2010, I want to say. Do you think that's right? I think I was like 24, I think 25. So what did you say, 2009 or 10? Probably 2009, yeah. All right. So let's say late 2009, P reached out to me <clears> on Facebook <throat> on some like, yo, hook a brother up. <laughs> that was his way of saying, let's talk business. I was on some street thing, isn't it? He was on some street <laughs> DJ Clinch was, was trying to boss up, yeah. So he was like, yo, hook a brother up. And I was like, hook a brother up? Like, he posted all the Facebook events I was doing. And I was like, yo, let's meet. Yeah. And because I really like remember the time, the way you were, the way you were working, mm. how hard you were working, mm. and not even knowing that you had all these businesses. I knew yeah. after, of course. Yeah, yeah. But like you had three, four businesses, you were teaching. That was like super like, I was super like blown away and mm. I was also thinking, yo, how do I find someone in my, not my town, but like in my region that mm. has the same kind of thought process and is a, is a, is a, is a fucking go hard mentality. Kind of person. It. Yeah. Mm. So we met up in this Indian restaurant, which was an amazing restaurant. Shout out to Ansar. Yeah. That food was, food was, was, was incredible. Nice, yeah. And I basically said to Patrick, yo, I'm doing this business called Live Base. And this business means we're going to create an agency that's going to bring over talent from the US to Europe. I know this can be a global business. It's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of work. And it's not going to be rewarding at the beginning. But if you ride out with me, I promise you within two years, you'll be... Did I say two years or a year? No, I think it was two years, yeah. I said within two years, you're going to be in a better place. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be rewarding. Yeah. Now, a lot of people, when you say two years, they're going to be like, yo, you know what? Peace out. Like, mm. I'm good. Like, I'm going to stick to what I'm doing. Yeah. Because, unfortunately, a lot of people are short, short-minded. Yeah. And, I guess, I guess when you think, when you think about just tomorrow, you're always going to be stuck in that circulation of tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow which means you're not going to look three, six months, a year ahead, which is always going to hold you back. Or, or, or you're always going to be a prisoner to the, to the, to the next 24, 40 hours That's or the right. first week. You're not thinking the bigger picture. The bigger picture. Yeah. So the, the, the picture, and Patrick, you, what do you say? You, like, you said something to me. I remember vaguely, but you said something about like, yo, you're down. You're going to see, you're going to trust what I'm saying. That's yeah. what you said. Yeah. You didn't trust me. Was that? Was I, I didn't trust you. You did or didn't trust me at that point? Because you said I'm gonna trust what you're saying because you've been burnt before or something happened. Yeah, no. Nah, so I think because I, I didn't really know you properly then. Mm. Um, so yeah, no. And then obviously we had that had that conversation then, and we, we when we spoke up and stuff. And I did believe in the vision as well. Um, so did like, I did I explain it right to you at that point? Did I sell sell it well? Yeah, no. I think you did. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think at that time as well is is like it was a funny one because I just got a house, or I've, yeah, was it? yeah around now I got a house. So it's like I needed to make sure that financially I'm, I'm still secure, making X amount to to hold up the house or whatnot. 
So you were still teaching at that point as yeah. well, right? Yeah. So I said to Patrick, yo, look, it's not going to be rewarding, um, but it's two things I promise you. One, I will make sure you're good on money mm. before me. Yeah. And two, in two years, your financial situation will change. Yeah. If we stick to the plan. Yeah. So to Patrick's credit, he believed in what I was saying and he was like, yo, I'm sold. Let's let's get it. And we start working together. Twelve months later, I think not twenty I think a year, maybe a year into it. Cause we did that's where I start we start working. You did Travis you when you when you went out with BOB. Oh yeah. Okay, so just to break down our business, so LiveBase was a, a service to bring talent over to create extra revenue stream while they're touring. So club performances, appearances, hostings, that's what it originally came from, the whole concept of the business was. So Patrick was, we were working with B.O.B., Travi McCoy, Bruno Mars, like those guys at the beginning, right? Mm. These are early stages. So we will go on the road, Put the event, uh, book the event, go on the road, help with logistics, and make sure everything was straight. Everything was straight for the yeah. artists because yeah. we knew that service is the most important thing. We we're all in the business of service. Yeah, I think also we can't afford to let the artists go to somewhere and not and us not knowing like that. Oh, they go there. This is not there, and it's again it comes back onto us. So we cared about our reputation. Yeah. I think that was important. Mm. So we cared about our reputation. We didn't want to let no one down, and we wanted to deliver a service. So while we're doing this, we're learning the... So going, kind of going back a little, Patrick's had the knowledge and the information from promoting events, so you understand, mm. you understood yeah. um, about how an event gets put together. I had the knowledge and understanding of doing tourings and bookings and logistics. Mm-hmm. So I was booking these DJs and some artists. So then when we got together, it was kind of like, okay, we're both going to do this and we're going to build the business. Yeah. So I think, I want to say within a year or less than a year, we we got into the business with the OVO boys, Drake. Yeah. Um, shout out to Dowda. So Dowda linked me with Future the Prince, who at that time was the a DJ. Yeah. And me and Future really spoke about um, basically booking him as a DJ more than anything yeah that was the conversation that was the main thing first wasn't it yeah, yeah. so shout out to Future the Prince so here's here's a very valuable lesson that I think I, le- I learned here and I think I can I can kind of give uh, yeah I think to, other people can kind of take, yeah, take note as well is if you do good and your service is good and people believe in what you do they're always going to tell other people about it yeah, it'll come 360 Good news will travel fast. Mm. Bad news travels even faster, but <laughs> good news does travel. And Dowda believed and was satisfied by all the business that I was doing, which at that point in time wasn't financially rewarding and that wasn't the goal, but it was rewarding in respect that I was learning so much mm. and having conversations with Dowda, having conversations with Clayton Sparks was very... Um, was very knowledgeable and I, and I, and and thanks to them guys like they kind of like well Dowda he put the word in future get future me got on a call 
we had a short call. He, they came over to London and he was like, yo, like, Drake wants to do a party. Boom, boom. Could you do it? I'm like, of course. At that moment, this was Drake's first album in. Yeah. Was this when he was touring with J. Cole as well? No, that was after. Okay. First album in, we did the party in a club called Mirror, which is off Winds, uh, off Oxford Street. I think it's Scandal now. Scandal, yeah. Yeah, mm. or Scandal. Yeah, it was Scandal. So I went to the club and I said, hey, I have Drake. And Drake wants to do a party. They were like, cool. Like, we figured out the business and we do this event. Now, when we do this event, Everybody was trying to come to this event. Every footballer... Every Tom, Dick and Harry was... Yeah. There was a queue, which is like probably was, two, three miles down. Mad, madness. Oxford Street. It was yeah. a mad event. Yeah. Which was that moment again, that, that Kanye West moment. Like, look, hip-hop culture was so powerful and had so much impact, even though this wasn't from the US, this is from a Canada mm. rapper. Mm. And he brought so much energy to the sea. He still does, but yeah. at that moment, he brought so much... Um, energy that I was getting calls from people that I never heard of. It was a different type of energy, I feel. Different type Mm. of energy. That's the best way. Every model, every footballer, every athlete, every rapper, every, I guess everybody wanted to be in that small club. And that club only held, what, 200, 300 people max. But it got so packed, you couldn't, it it got got disgusting. You couldn't move in there. Sweaty, hot, everything, wasn't it? And, you know, like, shout future again because he kind of like, the next day, kind of schooled us. Mm. He kind of spoke to us on a level and said, look, guys, like, you got to do things better or, you know, if you're going to work with this caliber mm. of artists. And, you know, he kind of, like, gave us some gems and kind of, like, made our minds think in a different way. And once again, like, someone like him, is, is at that moment, when you're, when you're with someone like Future, you realise he's just a different type of energy. Yeah, He's... He's, um, how can I explain it? But he, yeah, I'm oh. just going to bite in quickly because I think at this time as well, like, just bearing in mind, Future wasn't ma- his manager. No. He was just his DJ at that time. Which was, which was the most powerful thing because not only was he just DJing, but the way he was thinking. Yeah. He was always thinking like, a, he was thinking 10 steps ahead. 100%, yeah. And myself, and I'm sure you, Patrick, as well, you know, we give him props because we learned a lot being around him yeah. and watching how the language, watching how he moved around. And, you know, I felt like that was the time to go. That that was our time to be like, yeah, right now we've, we've got to a place now where we've put on this event with the hottest ice in the planet and now we can take this business further. To the next level. To the next level. Mm. But the only way we can do that is organisation, um, getting organised, having a team, and really going after every artist we could yeah. and offering them the service. And I think also as well, like the the whole branding thing as well is something that we started to um, like focus on as well. I think that we should leave for another, oh, okay. the brand, yeah, the whole yeah. brand, because yeah, we, we can get into yeah. that. Um, so the story basically, we'll stop it there. I don't know how long we've been on this. A little long. How long? Um, probably down an hour, maybe yeah, two. Probably about an hour. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll kind of come to a close. So, what we at this point, 
everything that we, me and Patrick spoke about leading up to that point, I felt like, I don't know, Patrick, what do you think? What do you think that kept, kept all these things happening from the first time from that guy who's DJing in his garage practicing to right now, to, to, sorry, to that moment of doing this event and figuring out, yo, we, we know this business can be global and we're going to make it global. Yeah. Um, what kept, what do you feel like kept you going and kept, like, got you to this result? What, because you believed in, believed in my words. Yeah. You carried on doing your thing. You had all these, like, obstacles that come your way. Yeah. But what kept you in it and what kept you motivated to do this all the way um, to this point? I mean, I'll keep it super, super short. I think it's it's the results. Like, you put in all the hard work. Um, you keep going, you keep going. You think maybe, like, and you come to, like, a hurdle and you, you kind of think, oh, wait there, I can't do that. But then you kind of get over that hurdle and then at the end of it, there's there's a result. So, like you say, it's like when we start from, from where we was to where we are now, it's like we've kept doing that. Like, there'll be a hurdle, we get over it and then we improve. Get over a hurdle, we get over it and then we improve. And we, we've cut a lot of things out, only mm. because we don't want to bore you guys yeah, with the details, for, but there was yeah. a lot of struggle. Like, yeah. there was... But struggle only means progress. Yeah. What, what's the thing that Lloyd says? Without struggle, it's... With that? It's, only signature. Without struggle, there's, there's no, no progress. progress. Yeah. 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 Which is a which is a fact. Yeah. Um, And what we realise that when you struggle... No matter how small or big the struggle is, there's a there's a reason for it, and yeah. you're progressing through it. Yeah. <clears throat> My biggest takeaway from it was: if you want something bad enough, you'll find a way. Mm. If I wasn't willing to be the assistant, the tour manager, the driver, the the coffee girl, the whatever, how would I have known to learn all these tools? How That's would right. I know? I wanted it so bad, like yeah. I wanted to figure it out, and I think you build character doing all these things, all these small things you do. Like, if you just skip all the process and all the hard work and you get straight to the to the end result, you will never feel like you've learned anything no. or there's a process and your yeah. character never gets built. So feel free to ask us any questions, any comments. Um, hit up the DMs. Hit up the DMs um, at LiveBase. Um, we're going to set up we're going to do more of these episodes. Um, and while we learn to figure this out, you can help us along our journey. Um, like we said at the beginning, we've never done something like this before. We never planned to be front voices of anything. Um, but here we are. So keep it moving. Keep it moving. Keep it moving.